Forgive me for my wrongs. I have just begun. You have found your way. We have found our way uh, to the third episode of the Taken All. No, this is not Taken All Wrong. This is uh, Still Got Hope podcast. I am your host, J.D. Mill, joined by the godfather of stillgothope.com. It is Mr. Frothy Gopher. How are you, sir? You've got like 13 years of muscle memory for Toppod. I understand how it's easy to make that mistake. Sometimes I forget what the name of this podcast is. Yeah, well, we and we did discuss uh, over text message today, and we have been discussing uh, other podcast names. So one, one podcast name that we've been using for a couple of weeks was Two Friends Talking. <laughs> It just really it just tickles the imagination, doesn't it? Yeah. Everyone everyone would listen to two friends talking. Yep. Yep. And then today when we were talking about uh recording tonight, um you are uh, you you texted me to ask if we were still recording tonight and I said, Yes, I will be high and unprepared. And then I was like, That would actually be a great name for a podcast. That's I mean, that's basically what this is. So it's descriptive and interesting. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if we just weekly will just change the name of the show and just make it more and more difficult for people to find uh, the if if the four people that are listening besides you and I can find us despite name changes. I mean, I think we really cook in here. I think I'm all for it. I mean, I I don't know about you. I I just enjoy chatting and and we record it and and we put it out there because on the off chance that somebody might be interested in it, but. Right. I'm not uh I'm not drumming up business here, you know? Right. We talk, it's fun. No one listens, that's fine too. That's fine. That is fine. Yeah, it's um, actually probably better that way. It's a lot less pressure uh, if you're just going to put it out if you're just going to put it out there with some random name and right. we know that no one will ever find it and if they find one they'll never find the next one. It's right. it's it's soothing in a way. Yeah, I uh yeah, unless unless they like went as far as to like hit a subscribe button or something on Spotify, then who knows what happens with the algorithm. I don't I have no clue. Okay. Well, that got complicated. Yeah, sorry about that. I didn't well, mean to. we are high, we are high and unprepared and this is where these things true. go. It's true. Yeah, we were literally in the middle of a conversation and I said I should probably hit record. Um, how you been, buddy? It's been uh, a couple weeks um, since we've put out an episode. Just so everybody knows, we did record an episode after the Iowa game, but uh, we were so inundated with people uh, t- texting us and twittering us and saying, "When are you guys going to record an episode?" And then I, we were responding, and we just forgot to put it out. So sorry about that. But how you been, man? Uh, we haven't uh, we haven't put out an episode in a couple weeks. No, I know. It, I think when we die, that that episode after the Iowa game will be will be released, and yeah. and 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 you know it'll live on in posterity forever. Uh, good. You know, I, this whole doing a podcast when we want to do a podcast is a pretty powerful thing, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good. You know, team's playing well. We're winning some yeah. games. That's always a good yep. thing. Uh, we'll see if that continues this weekend, uh, against a person that, uh, that we've never been able to beat, uh, yeah. but 
you know, it's not pretty football. It's not maybe the most exciting football, but but we are winning and we're one game away from bowl eligibility and that's not nothing. So, uh, yeah, pretty good. It's it's not nothing. Uh, Putting it mildly, I would say to say it's not pretty football. But uh, I mean, we've had what one season of pretty football here and probably 60 years. So that's uh, it's about par for the course. Maybe a couple more than that one, uh, but it's not okay. very it's not very many. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's uh, I think Fleck is doing a really good job here. I I I don't think there's any arguing that. Like I I I've you know been watching this team for a long time and and just consistently producing good players and and yeah. winning football games and and most of the time beating the teams we're supposed to beat. Uh, right. And so in, in that context, I, I, I really can't complain. Uh, on mm-hmm. the other hand, though, oof, I mean, it can be pretty hard to watch sometimes. There were parts of that Iowa yeah. game that were just absolutely unwatchable. And then right. we played a lot better last week, but it, that same mm-hmm. sort of thing where it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of flow. And uh, yeah, yeah I, I guess winning ugly is the way to do it, though, and that it, uh, it seems to be working. So, again, yeah. can't, can't argue with it too much. It's almost like you would have liked to be able to have a little bit of dress rehearsal on throwing the ball in a game like against, say, a Mac team from Eastern Michigan. Um, but instead, you wanted to prove a point and uh, run the ball down somebody's throat. So uh, makes it a little tougher to uh, to replicate that later in the season. But here we are. Uh, it seems like the I feel like the uh, the offense that we saw in the second half against Michigan State is uh, is I, th- I think the throwing is what we, you and I talked about previously, which was maybe Nebraska was the offense they intended to run all year. And I feel like they've kind of tried to mix that in a little bit the last couple of weeks. You know, the second half against Iowa, a lot more throwing, first half against uh, Michigan State. But yeah, they just uh, they're just so not used to it that it's just they can't they it can't execute it consistently. It really is the quandary, and and I wish I still had football knowledge to be able to sort of watch what they did in Nebraska, and and see if it see about how much they've simplified the offense just to make it easier for for Ethan to 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 make his passes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, it does feel like starting in the second half of the Iowa game, they're trying to be a little bit more dynamic, definitely a big focus on, on Daniel Jackson, uh, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there, there seems to be a good connection between those two. Uh, and so that's really good to see. And yeah, I mean, I think they, they are trying to throw the ball a bit more, but it is so, uh, I mean, the Iowa game, you know, there were, skip yeah. balls it, it were oh. you know really ill-advised passes in the michigan state yeah. game um and so it's it's uh it's i i think i i'm starting to get a little bit more interested and excited about the passing offense but it's so inconsistent it's hard right. to think that it's going to be something that we can sustain across the rest of the games this season well and i think you know part of what happened in the second half at iowa was was necessity right because um, Zach Evans was hurt. And then 
I think I was hopeful that maybe, hey, you know, now we're going to have to throw a little bit against Michigan State. And that, that kind of came to fruition in the first half. And then all of a sudden, Fleck realized, you guys, we got a new cow. We got a new bell cow. And he just rode that. He just rode JoJo Newbin the whole second 40 half. 40 carries. 40 Unbelievable. Carries. I mean, is, even and, and I understand, I, I understand that. I understand you can't give the ball back to Tyler after he fumbled it. it, it I yeah. feel so bad for that dude because I don't think he was a big fumbler when he was at Western Michigan. I, and then he comes here and he, he's had like four or five fumbles. Uh, and he, so you just you can't give him the ball anymore. Yeah. And But yeah. the it, Fleck just loves finding that running back and then running that running back directly oh. into the ground. And I, sus- I suppose since we're on running back number five, like – you know, yeah. you're kind of running pretty thin here. And if you lose him, then you're <laughs> back with Captain Fumbles or a converted defensive back, basically. Right. right. Captain Fumbles. Yeah. God, he's got the yips, doesn't he? I don't, I mean, that, that's got to be the equivalent of the, the old, remember the old Chuck Knobloch uh, when he had the yips? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like that, right? Like you just all of a sudden you're so probably so focused on hanging onto the ball that you, forget what else you're doing and then suddenly the ball's out too i mean it's just brutal it's awful yeah it's it's uh yeah we talked about you know the last time we chatted was you know talk about iowa and sort of the the streak and um obviously that was broken in um you know just a very like straightforward ending to a game that you would just expect um and there was no talk about it at all. Iowa fans were very gracious in um how they handled that situation. And suddenly we've got Floyd of Rosedale and the Axe in Dinkytown. And Fleck has the uh Kirk Ferentz uh monkey off of his back, and we've got 24 years of not winning down at Kinnick. I mean, how how did that feel, buddy? I mean, how how good was that? It it I I still um it's still kind of tough to process honestly it it mm-hmm. was so we talked about uh the last time we spoke before the Iowa game right we we talked about how Iowa always wins on these like super low probability events well Ibrahim fumble a Tyler Johnson dropping a touchdown pass and and that's how they've beaten us the last the last few years and and that has really sucked. It sucks when they get an 80 yard touch or 80 yard pass to a tight end, you know, who was a defensive lineman the week before it, it sucks when those things happen. It, and we've just sort of come to accept that that was, that that was what was that that's just always going to happen. I think you said mm-hmm. something like you'll, you'll, you'll believe that we beat Iowa when we actually beat Iowa. Uh, right. And that's how you were sort of tempering your expectations. And it, it, it really felt like uh, when when uh, DeGene was returning that for a touchdown, like, okay, well, this was it. You know, you could see him scoot by on the sideline and then break to the opposite side of the field and and that he was going to score. And it was like, oh, well, there's that there's that super low probability event again. And, yeah. and oh, it, it's happened and we've done it again. And 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 then it was like the reversion to the mean happened across so we've been we've been the uh we've been the unfortunate recipient for uh for those low probability events and now Mm -hmm. all of a sudden we were the beneficiary of a super 
super low probability event. And that just made it so much better. It honestly, right. I've said this, I've said this in a few different places. It was so much better than winning by 50 because right. they thought that they had won. It, it, they yeah. thought that they had done it and they were having in uh, just an amazing experience in this amazing football play had happened. And then yep. it was all taken away from them. And then it wasn't given to us. Like they still only had to go 15 yards to score a field goal with the wind at their backs. Uh, but they couldn't do that even. And so right. that was as comprehensive of a satisfying victory as I think I've ever experienced. Yeah. I, for me. So even after they, this is how broken I am, after they called the touchdown back, I was like, well, now we're just going to lose on a last second field goal. Like, I was I was still convinced that we were going to lose. It was interesting that you said uh, we have come to accept that they, that they win on these low probability um, plays. And I think I mentioned this on Twitter, but, or X or whatever it's called, but I think can on the other side of that, Iowa fans have come to expect that they're going to win that way. Yep. And so for for them, it was so like, yes, this is how we win. This is how we beat Minnesota. That when they saw it with their own eyes, they were like, that must be the way it's gonna end. And I think that's why it was so that's I think that's part of the reason why like there's been such a reluctance i guess from their fan base to accept the how the rule is and how, what happened i guess i don't know I, I i couldn't imagine being on that side of that loss that way i mean it's got to be painful but i mean the rules are the rules yeah and it was it was absolutely a, a perfect application of the rules and it is called consistently across all college football games, uh, but it's not. And that's what makes it even better, right? It was a bit arbitrary. It is right. a bit of an arbitrary rule, <laughs> but that just makes it so much better. It's so much better this way yeah. because yeah. They, they, you know, they, again, he violated the rule, right? But the rule is not called consistently. And right. so the, the, the arbitrary nature of how it is called, I think, is absolutely something that Iowa fans can, can argue against. But they're not even arguing that, really. They're saying it's a, it was a fair catch, right? But it, it wasn't a fair catch. Right. Um, and, and, and when they say, but moron who decided to spend $5,000 on a World Series ticket to wear his <laughs> Hawkeye shirt on TV, like he said, it wasn't a fair catch on the sign, and it wasn't a fair catch. He was yeah, absolutely right. right. But it was yep. he was right. He was right in a way that he didn't believe it was right. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it, again, like the fact that the fact that that game has driven them to do these sorts of things is 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 better than just about any experience a sports fan can have. Right. No, it was great. It was and it was awesome to see the team with uh, with Floyd and see, I think, you know, to some extent as a player coming to Minnesota from, you know, all over the country, like you don't understand these rivalry games necessarily. And then all of a sudden you play in them and you lose a few or you win one. And it's like this, like it, it creates that additional buy-in. Right. And I think that every time that we sort of that, that flex sort of, you know, ends one of these streaks, it's, uh, it, it, it kind of just adds to that, to that sort of, 
that that thing. I don't know. I don't really know how to describe it. But now we've got another streak coming in with uh, with our our buddy Brett Bielema, and uh, nine times he's beaten the Gophers. Uh, never lost to them between Wisconsin and Illinois. And I feel like going into this game, I'm right back to. I won't believe we can beat Brett Bielema until I see us pre- beat beat Bart Bielema. So to you, to you, it's more about it's more about it. You know, you can you can change the colors that Bert's wearing. It doesn't matter. That's interchangeable. Beating Bert is a, is is something that we can't do. I don't. I'm not. I just think, I mean, I've always thought that I've always hated him, but I've always thought he's a a really good football coach. And someone on Twitter, I think it was this week, made a suggestion that when Ference gets fired, maybe Bielema moves over to Iowa. And that's absolutely terrifying. But um, I just think, you know, his brand of football is is what Fleck wants to be, really, is just really control the line of scrimmage, just smash mouth football be more physical and when he's got the talent to do it, I mean, they, they do it more often than not. So, you know, I think they're not quite as, as uh, you know, talented as they were last year, but I mean, yeah, I think how he plays has just been some kind of kryptonite for us. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to figure out. I I've always, well, I hated him when he was at Wisconsin, but that's really just the nature of anyone who's coaching at Wisconsin. They're 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 evil and a malevolent force on earth that should be eradicated. But I I've always like respected the sort of game he puts together. And and I there was definitely a part of me that that if Fleck were to ever leave, maybe not so much anymore that he's been in Illinois, but certainly I think well, while he was at Arkansas, even though that didn't go very well, like if it didn't work out there and we were in need of a coach, I would have been absolutely 100% okay with Bert coming over to, to become our coach. Uh, he, he just looks like the sort of contemptible guy, you know, right? He just, his head is a little cone shaped and he, he looks like he probably breathes through his mouth all the time. And he just, he just looks like he's somebody that's probably up to no good a lot. And, and that, 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 that probably is true. And that's great. That's what I'm looking for in a football coach. But I don't know what it is. I, I don't, I don't, I, I certainly understand many of the times that he beat Minnesota when, before Fleck got here. So when he was the coach at Wisconsin, because in, in, in those cases, what he was going against Tim Brewster for a lot of those years, uh, maybe Jerry kills first couple of years before he left to go to Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, so those weren't exactly, that wasn't exactly like the golden age of, of gopher football. So, <laughs> so I'll, 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 I'll give him the, the seven. I think you're totally right on with the last two though, because we, I would say without question in 2021, we were the, we were the better of the two teams and just absolutely didn't show up that game in the Bowling Green game were absolute disasters of football games that really kept us from having a very, very good season. Yep. And then, and then, and then, um, you know, last year, uh, we just, you know, Tanner, Tanner got, Tanner got punched in the head, if I recall correctly, and that wasn't called. Uh, and then that was when, uh, that was when, uh, Ethan took over. Uh, so it, it, 
it was just not a good game. We were kind of we were kind of done from the outset. But I don't think that they were like a vastly superior team. They had a really strong defensive line. Chase Brown was there and was you know running through everything. Um, but I you know it was probably a toss up game. This year they're just so inconsistent. I think everyone thought that their defense was going to be was going to be locked down if the new defensive coordinator worked out. Uh, they had a great defensive line, and I, I think they thought that they could probably muster enough uh, a muster enough offensively to to challenge for for the West. And that just hasn't really happened. They just haven't really been very good. Um, they've gotten they've gotten blown out. Uh, they have they blew a gigantic lead to Wisconsin in the fourth quarter. Uh, so it's, I'm not really sure what we're getting. Like, I think if they play at their best, they, they may be the better team. Uh, but they, there's so much variability where if they play at their worst, we could, we could probably win by 35 points. It's just a, it's a weird sort of thing he's got going on there, which I think it's, it's like his second season or his third season as the Illinois coach. This is it. We're, 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 yeah, we're just, we're, 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 uh, we're high and unprepared. Um, and so it, it, you know, I don't know that that's necessarily you want that sort of variability in your in your second or third season. Um, but uh, yeah, it's hard to figure out what team's going to show up. We could we could easily lose or we could easily blow them out. Well, and I sort of feel like other than uh, other than Ohio State, like I kind of feel that way about the entire rest of the year. Um, you know, to to a certain extent, it's like the whole Big Ten outside of kind of the top three are uh, just kind of everybody's just kind of floating along a little bit and not a lot of offense and defenses are pretty good. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know what to expect. Like the optimist in me keeps thinking like, OK, this is the week the offense figures it out. Like this is the week that it starts to click for eighth and this is the week that you know they th- that Harbo puts together some play calling that gets him gets Ethan um you know comfortable early and he can actually start to put up some numbers and you know maybe we get Zach Evans back and or something like that and I just keep thinking like this is the week that the offense clicks uh but man I don't know like we've like we talked earlier like we've seen we've seen some glimpses but I I mean is Ethan? I mean, do you do you feel some promise about that, or is it like, do you think it's like, let's go get a transfer quarterback for sure? Yeah, that was a big thing on the boards about whether we go get a transfer quarterback. I don't know. I I I I at times feel like the game has been too big for him this year. If that makes sense, you know, mm-hmm. like I think I think he was. He was kind of playing loose last year because he went into it as the backup, then came in, you know, took over as the starter um, because Tanner was hurt. And and it, he was kind of, you know, he was kind of playing with house money at that point. Like there was right. just no downside. Right. He's the backup and he's coming in and he's learning and blah, blah, blah. This season, like he's the dude, like he's the starting yep. quarterback for a power five program. And it feels like that may that may affect him to some extent and it it should like it's a big deal it's 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 completely different to come in there and have to be the guy and it takes some getting used to so i i i think that 
based on what we saw last year and when he's been on this year, I think he could be a really, really good quarterback. And yeah. I think you just have to let him grow into it. I mean, let's yeah. be honest, right? He's not the reason that we lost the Northwestern game. Mm-hmm. But when we lost the Northwestern game, at least for me, and I'm just talking for me here, like I was like, okay, well, this is going to be a, a really shit developmental season and it's going to be a culture year and, you know, we'll be lucky to get to bowl eligibility. So I had more or less just purged any grand aspirations for this year that were that we have now one Floyd back and we're probably not the favorite to win the West, but we're definitely in contention to win the West. And although we don't control our own destiny, it doesn't take a lot to happen for us to be able to control our own destiny. Right. Um, so to me, like, if we can get okay quarterback play from him, we're going to be great. And if yeah. it doesn't work out and we don't win the West, it's not the end of the world, right? Like that, yeah. that we, we, we really shouldn't still be in it after having lost to Northwestern and that yep. we still are is, is luck. And so let's, let's make the most of it. Right. I think, I, I think there's a couple of things with Ethan that are, you know, last year when he came in, like you said, really nothing to lose. But also had a uber experienced offensive coordinator and quarterback coach coaching him and putting together those game plans and calling those games. So that makes it a little bit different, you know, as as, as well. He's coming into this season, like you said, all the expectations of a starter. Agree with you 100 percent physical um from a, from a physical talent standpoint from an arm talent standpoint from an athleticism standpoint has absolutely all the tools i think with getting used to a new offensive coordinator getting used to new quarterback coach and who are the same person but um but you know getting used to all that new game plans new probably style of offense to a little bit of an extent and then on top of that, the expectations, I, I just feel like everything's developing for him a little bit slowly. Like he's a half a second late on a lot of things, which is why we see him sometimes zip a ball into a try to zip a ball into a spot that's not really there. It's like because he caught it a half second late or he caught the wrong read half a second late or, or whatever it is. It's just it's just coming a little bit slowly. And I keep hoping it's got to click one of these weeks, like something's got to kind of pick up or, or maybe it's just, this is the way it is this year. But that's sort of what I feel like is like, I agree. He's got all the physical tools to be a great quarterback. And from everything we hear, he's a, he's a good leader and a confident kid, but it's just not happening quickly enough for him at the moment for the offense to really hum. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's fair. And what, so what, what would change your mind on that? Like, what do you need to see to, to, to get the idea that maybe it's slowing down a little bit for him and he can see things better? I mean, it's got to just be sort of putting together a complete game. Like the first half against Michigan state, I have no clue what his stat line was. I don't have a computer in front of me, but you know, I know that was a, a good half of football. And to see an entire game like that where, you know, 
reasonably accurate. I mean, that was one of the other things that happened in the first half is like guys weren't dropping balls. So, you know, that was an improvement. So, you know, I think just seeing a game where, you know, he, he doesn't skip a ball and, you know, guys are catching it and he's reasonably accurate. And, you know, I don't think we need to see 300 yards out of him, but if he had a game where he was like, I don't know, 18 of 24 for 175 yards and two touchdowns or something like that. Like the numbers don't have to be super eye popping. It just has to be enough for us to know that when we need to reach into that bag, we've got a quarterback that can, that can help us play that way. Yeah. I think that's fair. I honestly, what I'd really like to see is for him to just connect in stride on a deep ball. Uh, he mm. did that. He did that on the Daniel Jackson touchdown pass last weekend, yeah. um, which is great. But what I what I'm thinking is like the deep pass to Daniel Jackson against Iowa, right? Was yeah. was underthrown, um, and we saw a couple of balls that were good balls that were caught last weekend, but weren't in stride. And it fe- it, it just seems to me like if he could if he could land a deep ball. That's just the sort of thing that, okay, wow, this is fun again, right? I just hit a 50-yard touchdown pass. This is fun again um, uh-huh. that, that can kind of break it. Like, that would be – I don't know if it would do any good for him. I don't know. I've, like, seen the kid in, like, 10 games. But it seems to me that that's the sort of thing that has been missing from what he did. Last year, he was great on some of those deep balls, right? Like, he yeah. dropped that – he he uh he dropped that diamond to Daniel Daniel Jackson on the sideline against Wisconsin at the end of the season. Right. So he he has that he has that capability. Yeah. I, I, we just haven't seen it this season which tells me it's 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 in his head or is it mechanics or something but I it would be great to see him do what we know he can do because we saw him do it last year. Right. Right. Yeah, I and you know the other thing that the other little wrinkle with him that's shown up uh a little bit here has been um him pulling the ball down and running and and i I may have my eyes may have deceived me but it seems to me ethan finally learned how to slide appropriately for a quarterback as well i mean that's exciting isn't it that's what you that's definitely that's that's definitely a good that's definitely a good development yeah yeah winning is uh what doesn't fleck have a growth is winning statement or something like mantra failure failure is failure is growth oh yeah well that's kind of the opposite of where i was going but in any case we so where 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 are you with the program right now right like are i know i know you're a little bit concerned well you're probably more than a little bit concerned uh, illinois or bert i should say is uh, i'll believe it when i see it yeah how how are you feeling about the rest of the season shaping out? I think uh you know, I I'm not sure it, what happened. I, I think I have an I think I have a healthier uh outlook on the team than I used to, maybe just because I have a healthier mindset in general, but I think for me, like I, I really look a little bit more at the long game. You know, obviously, I want to see us do well this season and make it to a bowl game and and all those kind of things. Um, but you know, I think 
I don't think anybody thought this was going to be a championship season. And unfortunately, with the schedule that came out today, next year and, uh, you know, subsequent years look very difficult as well. But I think we probably kind of knew, you know, after we saw the first few games of the season that, like you said, developmental year kind of thing, not not necessarily a throwaway, but, you know, we're going to be kind of a Midland six and six, seven and five uh, type of team this year. So I'm, I'm satisfied. I think the good news is, is that, you know, I think for the most part, you know, things are, are going in the right direction. We've got super young, you know, for the most part at our skill positions, um, on the offensive side, our offensive line has been super solid. Um, and which is a, a good sign. And, you know, the defense is sort of, rebounded here the last uh the last few weeks um you know not to uh to uh comment on on the opposition but you know has definitely gotten a little bit of confidence so i i think overall things seem to be improving i think passing game like we've been talking about is the one area where i'm like i would this is not as far along as i think we'd like it to be obviously and I'm really hoping in these coming weeks that we can see that sort of evolve a little bit, even though, you know, getting into the cold time of year, it's a little bit tougher, but I think that's the one area where I'm like, man, that's just not where we want it to be. But other than that, I mean, I feel like we've shown improvement uh, pretty much across the program. Um, You know, I guess we can leave special teams out of that discussion, but yeah, overall I'm, I'm pretty confident with the direction things are going, I would say. Nice. So you came into this season not really expecting uh, a, a lot of. I mean, we have the benefit of not having done any episodes prior to the season starting. Right. So there's no actual record of how we thought we were going to do. So this might be true, what Jer's about to say, or it could be a complete <laughs> fabrication. But Jer, you came into this season not really expecting amazing things. Is that is that more or less right? I think I think I I think I thought that there was just a really wide range of things that could happen. Like, you know, I, I, I thought that we could probably be anywhere from five to nine wins. So, you know, it wasn't going to, you know, be ending up six and six or seven and five is like, is obviously directly within that threshold. So I wasn't expecting great things necessarily, but I was open to the fact that like, we've got some talent potentially that, that could, could take us a, a little further than I think, but you know, I don't honestly, like I, I honestly do not remember. Maybe you and I had a conversation and I made a prediction, but I sincerely do not remember like making a prediction or going game by game. Like, you know, we've always done in the past or anything like that. So I couldn't tell you if I really had kind of zeroed in on a, on a record. I just think I thought, you know, there's a wide option, wide range of things that could happen here. And, um, obviously, you know, after that, uh, North Carolina game and then Northwestern that tempers things, but it's like every year with the Gophers, it's a, it's a little bit of a roller coaster where we're, uh, we're climbing right now. So it's a good spot to be. Yeah. I think coming into the season, I thought like an eight and four or nine and three was most probable depending okay. on depending on how good North Carolina was uh, yeah. basically. 
That's true. Um, you were pretty optimistic. That's yeah, it was pretty. I, well, yeah. It, it, and if you had told me that the offensive line was going to be as good and consistent as as they have been this year, I would have. I would have probably. I probably would have pushed for like a nine and three or a ten and two with losses <laughs> to like with losses to like Michigan and Ohio State and beating everyone else. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and then and then the season kind of started the way that it did and we lost to Northwestern. And yeah. so then it was about, it was about tempering expectations. But I, I, I think that the thing we talked about this a little bit on our, on our last episode, but the thing that has most surprised me is, is not having easier outlet passes to, for, um, for Ethan to make. And, yeah. uh, and, and I think a lot of that is just it, like Brevin Spanford has not been a reliable target for whatever reason this year. So that has made it, I think, more challenging for, for him. Uh, and, and consequently the passing game has really suffered. I think if you had told me the offensive line was again, was going to be as effective and with the receivers that we brought in and based on a, uh, track record last week or last year, I, I would have, I would have thought that, uh, I would have thought that we, we would have been a very successful offensive team. It turns out our, the defense is still the strength of the team. Running is still the strength of the team and we don't have much of a passing game to speak of. Yeah. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss, right? That's exactly it. That's exactly it. That's funny. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I think it's interesting though to think about. Like, I mean, everybody talks about special teams, and I know, you know, obviously it's a big topic of conversation over on uh, Luke Buer's podcast. But, um, I mean, could you even imagine that our special teams would just sort of continue down this like and and, and it, somebody suggested like maybe this is exact this is what fleck wants and i just can't understand why that would be but i mean what a what a continued comedy of errors like i it's just unbelievable i i would totally get it i would totally get it if it, that this is the that, that nothing is broken that's working as a, as it's supposed to if we didn't see the two kickoffs in Iowa that just dropped right to the ground because right to the ground. Yeah. Neither, neither, neither of, uh, neither Redding nor Tyler wanted to, to catch it. That, that cannot be planned. You cannot plan that. That can't be the way that it's supposed to work. You could just right. raise your hand and take a fair catch. And, and so that, that just tells me that, well, there are parts of this where no one has any idea what they're, what they're doing. So it cannot be working the way that it's designed, but it almost feels like a bit at this point where right. he's like, okay, well, I make a ton of money. You don't. And, and now I'm going to play this however the hell I want to. And that includes keeping my buddy on the team. My guess is like Wenger helps out with a whole bunch of stuff that it, it, we don't get to see and that he's just a super good dude to have around the program, in which case, you know, great, whatever. Uh, but it, his flex refusal to even acknowledge that there might potentially be a problem, and immediately, as 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 on uh, as on uh, Luke Boers and and Ryan Burns's podcast, you know, point out, um, you know, he he begins to compare it to the challenges of the offense and defense as well. And there's just as 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 frustrating as the offense has been this year. 
it, it is orders of magnitude better than what the special teams <laughs> is. And oh. and yeah, yeah, we're kicking, we're making our field goals. Our field goal unit is great. Our kickoff unit, I, I think, is great. But the 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 balls dropping in on kick on kickoff return, the Dejean punt return that was taken back. Like, there's just there are just really really broken things and. Him not acknowledging that ever is just a, is a weird, weird stance to 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 take. Well, and you would think like just as a human being, and you know, presumably as a Division One football coach, like you've got some competitiveness, and you know, you want to improve. Like at some point, I mean, you've been you've now been a special teams coordinator at a division one school for seven years. Like you would think at some point you would like, like fall into an improvement. Do you know what I mean? Like, like there would be a player that would come along that would like know what they were doing back there. Or you would just suddenly go, maybe we should practice differently. Or, I mean, but it just, it just doesn't happen. It's just, it's unbelievable. Every single, but but like Antoine Winfield returned a punt for a touchdown. He returned a kickoff for a touchdown. Um, Bryce Williams, or no, it wasn't Bryce Williams. It was uh, Demetrius Douglas. Yeah, returned famously returned that punt against Wisconsin in 2018. So we know that it can work. I mean, hell, we blocked the punt earlier this year. So we know that there are some things that work. It, but it's the Man, you gotta you gotta catch the ball on a kickoff return. Yeah. You just you have to. I I you you don't see balls drop to the ground in high school. Like it's just it's like it's just an absolutely fundamental thing. So that's the part that I don't that's the part that I just don't get. Like there is plenty of evidence to suggest that he is a capable special teams coach it sometimes. Uh but in other in other ways in other seasons, like we just continue to do the weirdest things and put the strangest players out there for it. So I don't know, man. Like it, it it is it is uh, it is hard for me to wrap my head around how our special teams unit uh, evolves from year to year. Right. Yeah, and unbelievable stuff. Well, buddy, we um, another home game this weekend. And uh, the Fighting Burt's come to town. So uh, another chilly one, it looks like. Not uh, not quite as cold maybe as last week, but a sunny, uh, chilly Saturday, it looks like. Should be, a, should be a nice Big Ten football day. Yeah, there's no, what is it you say? There's no bad weather. There's just bad clothing decisions. Is that it? That's right. Some, yeah, something, no bad weather, just, just uh, bad clothes or, yeah. So it's it's much easier in, when it's cold than when it's hot because you can only shed so many layers. Agreed, agreed. Are but, you yeah. are you gonna be are you gonna be busting the Carhartts out? No, no, I did not. No. I thought about it for last week. Uh, last weekend, I ended up going with the uh, with the flannel jeans. Yeah, which are always a good pick. Yeah. and uh, and uh, the sweatshirt with a thermal shirt on underneath it, and was quite was quite comfortable. I I saved yeah. the Carhartts for the truly desperately cold games where my beer freezes yeah yeah it's got to be uh sub uh, it's got to be freezing temperatures for me to consider the carhartt so there, otherwise it's a, a good base layer or like you said fleece line jeans or something like that 
Um, yeah. Did you did you go with the um, with the uh, home field bomber jacket last weekend? You said you I did said not. Sweatshirt. I did, I did okay. not. I did not get the home field bomber jacket until uh, until oh. this week. But that oh, that we, we okay. may need we may need to get a home field sponsorship, which I'm sure will just drive tons of business to them, sure. and tons of revenue to us based Absolutely. on our listenership. Yeah. Uh, but that is a it, it, I had a when I was a kid, I grew up in North St. Paul, Minnesota, and North St. Paul had these sweet ass jackets that were uh, North St. Paul High School's colors were red and white. And they were okay. red jackets and they had the white stripes around the sleeve and the white collar and the white buttons and snap buttons. And they were like a hundred bucks. And I didn't grow up in a particularly rich family. And in the eighties, a hundred bucks was a lot of money to us. Uh, and I, and they, but they were just the coolest damn jackets around. They had North St. Paul and cursive script on the back. And, uh, and, but one year for Christmas, I got one of those jackets and it was amazing. And that's exactly like what this jacket uh, looks like. So I, I kind of thought it might look like that. And then I got it and it's like the same material and the same like stripes around the banding and whatnot. Uh, yeah. And it's pretty, it's pretty badass. Like it's a pretty cool jacket. It's such a cool jacket that I'm not actually sure I want to wear it to go for games. Uh, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll see. We'll make that, we'll make that a, we'll make that a game time. <laughs> we'll make that a game time decision. Plus probably everyone got their jackets this week and uh, it doesn't sound like the crowds are going to be gigantic <laughs> for this game so let's sure. assume there are thirty-five thousand people there it's entirely possible that twenty thousand of them are going to be wearing that jacket <laughs> excellent point well yeah keep your uh you want to keep your fashion in the closet for this particular one well buddy um we uh we got through the list that we put together before the show um so we don't have anything else to talk about I think that, uh, that means we probably ought to end the call because we definitely don't just want to start talking about stuff. Yeah, good idea. Good idea. Okay, well, that's going to do it for another edition of the Still Got Hope podcast for Frothy Gopher. I am J.D. Mill. Well, I got a chance here. Let me kill my throat. Go Gophers, Skyuma, and row the boat. Mm-hmm.